You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, so this week we've got the Camacho Carrillo. Yep, and it's the one with the uh, label that's black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> and, and why did we choose a cigar that is black and yellow? Because we're going to talk about bumblebees, the birds and the bees, and the transformers that turn into little 68 bugs or whatever the fuck he was. Those things. <laughs> Those things. Before yeah. he turns into what, what the Camaro. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. So, yes, this is, uh, and at this point we're 107 episodes in, so fuck, we can't remember what we've smoked half the time, so I don't think we've smoked this one before, <laughs> but we've had various versions of the Camacho. Uh, but yeah, the Creo is a little bit uh, more of a medium smoke, uh, but it has a lot of flavor and spice to it, which is... You know, like I said, I don't mind a lighter smoke if it's got some some flavor to it, and it's not like you know something's going to put me to sleep. Well, if nothing else, the label is quite bold. I mean, it's like the magic school bus plastered on the side of your cigar. <laughs> yeah, if you're smoking in the woods and you drop this, you'll definitely find it. This <laughs> <laughs> um, shit is bright ash yellow. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, with no further ado, this is going to sport a. Carrillo 98 wrapper with original Corojo binders and Carrillo 98 and Piloto Cubano filler. From the Dominican. From the Dominican. So uh, kind of an interesting thing on this cigar here is, um, you know, this is a play on kind of, you know, the quintessential, you know, Cuban style, you know, uh, you know that's, that's kind of the crazy things about, you know, a lot of Cuban cigars. Most people think, oh, it's a Cuban. It's going to put you on your ass. But actually, most Cubans are very much yeah, a little in bit a medium, and... you know, a lot milder than 98% of the cigars that, you know, we've talked about on the podcast. Yeah, because it's all about, like, you know, smoking a cigar and having a nice, like, Cuban coffee and... Just chillaxing, so they don't go for the big, bold, like, knock-you-on-your-ass flavors that us Americans prefer. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about all, but, I mean, us anyway, on the, the, the Americans talking it's like I always say, it, on the know, podcast. It should hurt a little, that way you know it's working. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that was kind of a, you know, this is a little bit of a throwback, um, you know, like the, the movie itself. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, the, the wrapper itself sports a touch of spice. So the, you know, binder and filler here are to add a touch of sweetness to kind of counterbalance the, you know, spicy aspects. So, um, you know, I was, um, you know, like reading shrimp. about this and I was like, all right, sweet, spicy. I, I can dig it. Um, <laughs> you know, we... We've smoked a lot of Camachos, like Joe said before, and, you know, there's, it's one of those brands that, you know, uh, several of the cigars are a little bit bland for my palate, but this cigar, right off of the bat, you know, has 
piqued my interest and um, I'm getting a great combination of sweet and spicy, uh, a little earthy. Um, you know, coming from smoking a powerhouse of a cigar a couple of hours ago to now smoking this, it is a, you know, great segue. Yeah. And speaking of segues, you know, if you're going to have to fight off a robotic alien invasion and Sector 7's not around, call in the Strike Force, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. Comes in a tiny tin pouch, just like a Transformer. You know, you can take it anywhere. Or get that big 750 uh, bottle, you know, kick the can, kick the Decepticon, whatever. Get jacked up on some Strike Force and fight off the aliens. And with that, we'll be right back. Time to go way back, back to the 80s. <laughs> I mean, not really. We're really going back as far as what? This was released in the States in December 21st? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, you know, yeah, December 21st, 2018, but, you know, a whole year ago. But, you know, it's set in the 80s. Like the time of the OG Transformers, the ones we grew up on and know and love, like the Gen 1, 1984 OG Transformers. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, I that really piqued my interest as we were watching trailers and everything. I mean, this is, you know, the quintessential, you know, relive the childhood of 80s Transformer Hasbro toys, you know? I mean, it's kind of like the Transformers that we all have been wanting since we heard Michael Bay was making Transformers movies and did not get. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that everybody would agree with that statement because, I mean... I mean, yeah. if you look at the numbers, those movies made a lot of money. But, of course, since they were set in the current times with the first one coming out in 2007, they had to update the designs because it wouldn't make any sense if they're all rolling around looking like 70s and 80s cars. That would kind of defeat the purpose of being robots in disguise. <laughs> but still, like, the nostalgia factor of it is, like, you wanted to see Bumblebee be a shitty, like, uh, VW bug and, you know, uh, freaking Optimus be an old-ass, like, you know, international <laughs> semi-trailer. I do, give, I do give him credit, though, for bringing in the... Because, I mean, they're big CGI robots, so it doesn't matter the actors playing them, but they at least had the... I guess forethought to seek out the original voice actors, so at least you know Optimus Prime sounded like Optimus Prime and Megatron and Starscream. They got as many of the original voice actors for those movies as they could. So even though they don't look like the Transformers that we know and love, they at least sound like those Transformers. Yeah, I I mean you know we've talked about you know the the Michael Bay films, and I mean you know it's it's Michael Bay, you know and. <laughs> 
you know what you're going to get, you know? I mean, yes, you're going to get great action sequences, but, you know, at, at the same time, you know, he's just got a certain directing style, and, you know, I probably would not have put Megan Fox in the role that she was in, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, they they wanted that appeal, and uh, that's what they were aiming for. They got it. Like you said, you know, I mean... It made and, shitloads of money. You know, what I'm finding is, you yeah, They've know, been all trash, like, critically, but when you look at the numbers, they all made a lot of money. Well, know, even I mean, the, even the last one that came out before this one that didn't make as much money, but it still made a pretty good amount of money. I mean, but, you know, Transformers is, you know, one of those entities a lot like Star Wars, right? It can be a bad Star Wars movie. It's still going to make money because of the name behind it. Yeah, you're still going to see it to find out whether or not it sucks, except for the I never saw The Last Night, which once I was going back, you know, kind of like looking back at the older Transformers movies that came before the one we're about to talk about, like I said, I never saw, I missed The Last Night when it was in theaters, and then I read the Wikipedia description of it, and I'm like, this movie sounds batshit crazy. I mean, they got freaking Merlin and... And a robot dragon. Dude, I told you, it's Transformers meets Kingsman. Excalibur and shit. I'm like, holy crap. Michael Bay just went batshit with that last one. <laughs> Hence why he's probably not directing this one. He's still listed as a producer. This one's actually directed by uh, Travis Knight. So they've you know kind of gone a whole new direction. Kind of went back to the original and, and our you know, original designs and made a simpler, more, I guess heartfelt story than than the previous iterations well i i I think what they they tried to play on the nostalgia factor and i i think they hit it quite well i mean you know and and that's the thing man nostalgia really does sell i mean you know we're seeing it with the stranger things and you know the more success that you know these kind of tried and proven methods you know are you know, I, I think we're seeing more directors go in that direction, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, un, un, unfortunately, the, the younger generation is still eating Tide Pods or crashing their, you know, cars because they're trying to drive around blindfolded and shit. So, you know, <laughs> money's kind of an issue. So I think directors are realizing that, hey, they got no money to go to a theater, so we should really cater to... The folks that, you know, still want to work for a living, have a reliable source of income, and can actually yeah. pay to see this product I'm producing. And I, I mean, I like the first new Transformers movie, but it seemed like the longer they got on, the more convoluted the story kind of got. And especially like the third one, because I'm like, Shia LaBeouf, from a story point of view, he had a reason to be there in the first one, he had a reason to be there in the second one, but... You could have edited him out of the third one, and he would have had a no impact on like the story whatsoever. He was just kind of like, "Fuck, we signed him for three movies, so we got to put him in this shit." <laughs> Yay for contracts! And then you got Cage Jaeger and freaking Marky Mark running around uh, in that last one that came out, which I mean, it wasn't. But I don't know. Michael Bay is a great action movie director. If you don't want any kind of great story, you want like some badass visuals and badass action sequences. But the thing when you're dealing with giant robot CGI things fighting other giant robot CGI things, it almost gets visual overload at times where you're like having a hard time keeping up with the action because it's just <laughs> well, I, and I mean, you know, the the thing about it too is the movements are so sporadic and so fluid, and you yeah. know, I mean, 
I think back to the 80s cartoons, right? I mean, at the end of the day, they were robots, you know? They were, you know, a little bit sluggish in their movements and everything. <laughs> but, you know, the newer CGI, everything was super polished and, you know, chromed out and flashy. And it can be a, a bit distracting. Yeah, while I was entertained, like, like, by the end of it, my eyes were just tired from trying to keep up with the, the pace of it. And, like, because you're like... Oh my god, there's so much shit going on on screen. But, you know, with Bumblebee, uh which, you know, is still in the same universe. Michael Bay is still a producer on it, but like I said, new writers, new directors, and they kind of went back to a I guess simpler story where we're not dealing with like 15 Transformers on the screen at once. We got like two or three. Most of the time we're dealing with Bumblebee. So it's not like, except for that opening sequence, you know, because spoilers from him are out, of them escaping Cybertron. That was the only thing that, like, you know, was huge. But then after that, it was, it kind of, yeah, up until you get to, like, the the uh, finale, a lot simpler visually to look at. <laughs> and, and, I mean, that was the thing, too, is... Um... You know, the, the opening action sequences, I mean, dude, they were on point. I yeah. mean, you know, the, at, at no point did I feel like I got robbed of a an action flick. You oh, know? no, it and, hit you, like, right off the bat with, like, these big action sequences and then kind of, like, slowed it down and told, like, a heartfelt story. And then but, the action kicked back in. <laughs> but the, the action, you know, I mean, even though... I, it was a nice balance. I don't know. You know, I've read a lot of reviews, and I don't know. I mean, we're in an era where I think people, you know, feel like, oh, I'm going against the mainstream because I'm just going to, you know, be negative about this. And it's like, well, if you and 90% of the other critics are being negative, that's not going against the mainstream. <laughs> that's not an original thought. That's, you know... You just trying to stir up view counts and you back know, to our our old game of uh, troll or asshole. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, you know, you decide. But yeah, that you as in the listener. But yeah, that opening action sequence before we get to Earth when they're on they're you know it, like I said I'm a huge fan of like the 1986 Transformers movie. If nothing else, the soundtrack yeah, is dude, great. You're 80s still hair stuck metal. in 1986, dude. I listen to that soundtrack all the time, especially since I discovered Cybertronic Spree because like that just brought all that shit back. But we got this finally got to see the Transformers we wanted to see on the big screen look like the Transformers. I mean, Optimus looked like Optimus. You even saw because I mean, uh, was it one of my favorite uh, uh, sound Soundwave, the freaking boombox Transformer? It was like one of the toys I always wanted. And you, he was a satellite in the Michael Bay Transformers. You never really got to see him as the boombox because fucking nobody has a boombox anymore. Well, I mean, you know, most people are, you know, the the younger Tide Pod and um, <laughs> blindfold wearing generations. Um, one, they're not going to be able to see because I got fucking blindfolds on. <laughs> but then two, I'm just not going to let that go. Holy fuck, Darwin. Uh, you know, we've got to stop putting warning labels on everything and start letting natural selection yeah, take its course. Because if you want Thanos, this is how you get Thanos. Yeah, so once we started like having to childproof everything, it allowed a generation that would have been weeded out to, to grow up. And <laughs> But yeah, you got to see Soundwave 
as a boombox. And the tape deck actually ejected and turned into a like Prowl or, uh, or forget, I forgot, Laser Beaker. You know, you know like the, the little ejector cassettes that turned into robots. I was like, fuck yeah. We even saw RC in, in that whole sequence and Starscream looking like a freaking, you know, 80s uh, F-15 and stuff. It was like, it was like the whole sequence was like, here's what you've been craving from the beginning your 80s Transformers. Now let's kill half of them, and you won't see the rest of them for most of the movie. And we'll go back to, like, Bumblebee. But for a minute, for, like, you know, 10, 50, however long that opening sequence was, you're like, fuck, it's all the Transformers I've wanted to see on screen, finally, looking like I remember them as a as a kid. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, um, you know... Back when that shit was made out of metal, too, man. You could hurt somebody with a Generation 1 Transformer. <laughs> Once again... Gotta stop putting warning away. <laughs> yeah. My original Optimus Prime was made out of metal. You throw that somebody at, some, at somebody, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> now that everything's plastic and safe. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> I think we're both having the same thought here. I think we're grumpy old men. Oh, yeah. We're that's t- probably gonna be, you know, a, a, another five years of podcasting, and that's, you know, this is now the Grumpy Old Men podcast. Dude, I'm turning 40 this year. I already feel like a grumpy old man. <laughs> look like one too i know <laughs> got my glasses i'm gonna go next street yeah especially that week when i because i yeah between our last episode I had hold to... on i just realized what? something it isn't that the movies have changed you got glasses you can actually see the movies now because <laughs> yeah, now i'm like especially when you saw aquaman i'm like man the cgi just looks a little, just a little bit weird i'm like oh no that's because my eye my vision's not blurry and i can see the bad cgi at times now <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing more, but yeah, I had a freaking wisdom tooth yank, so I had to eat like pudding and soup for a week and not and laid off a solid food. So I really felt like a freaking old man for for a week. I'm like, I want to choose something. This sucks. Can't <laughs> smoke. That was the longest three days of my life. <laughs> it told you three. They told me like a week. Well, they so. said 72 hours. I held them to that. That might have been a mistake because it kind of hurt like after my first cigar, but. <laughs> I mean, you always say it's supposed to hurt a little. There oh, you go. Hurt, hurt a little too much, but I still had painkillers at the end. <laughs> so it was all good. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, I, I I don't know, man. I, it was a a good mix of action, a good mix of story, and it was a lot more than I went in expecting. Yeah, kind of like what we said with Aquaman. We went in with low expectations, but then we were, you know, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> you know, it may have been we didn't go in thinking this was going to be the greatest movie ever, and then we're like, oh, shit, this is actually a good movie. So it might have added points otherwise if we had gone in expecting something great. Well, I mean, you know, and once again, you know, I it was, it was kind of cool, you know. Uh, there was a little girl, you know... It, in the row in front of us and uh i don't know she was maybe maybe five or six years old right and like the the instant she sees bumblebee like you know she jumps up and down she's like bumblebee bumblebee and then <laughs> like you know as sad shit would happen like she would like break down in tears like i guess you know bumblebee is like her childhood you know character you know and it was just you know freaking awesome you know I, I, I guess that's the one benefit to, you know, me stepping out of my, you know, abyss and, you know, venturing into the general public is every once in a while I'm reminded that, hey, not all humans are bad, <laughs> just most. Yeah, 
pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, after Bumblebee, who is not Bumblebee, apparently, he's B-127. <laughs> kind of like Star Wars. you got BB-8 or whatever, you know. They, all the droids don't have cool names. They're just numbers and shit. Yeah, but then again, you got Starscream and Optimus Pro- Like, freaking Bumblebee doesn't get a real name. He's B-127. <laughs> He's young. Yeah, all right. He's, I guess it's like it's like you don't get your nickname until you, you've uh, you've earned your <laughs> your stripes. He's still like a rookie bitch or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was he was a VW. They didn't have stripes on VWs. Okay, <laughs> you know. But yeah, uh, you know, if you remember old Sector Seven from the other Transformers movies, the supposed secret anti-alien government military organization, uh, this unit uh, led by. Uh, John Sienna. <laughs> As you know what? I, Jack Burns or whatever his name was. I was never a fan of John Cena, the the wrestler. But the you know, I, as an actor, as I'm, an actor, he like him. holds his own. I mean, which you know, it doesn't really surprise me. You know, because what is wrestling? It's, it's basically burly acting, live action, you know, <laughs> yeah. acting. So I mean, kind of I mean, goes hand in hand. I think with Bumblebee, he gets a better script, but yeah. you know the the you know persona that he puts on, you know, I mean, he carries it well, and, and you know, because he like most of those you know wrestling guys when they first start getting into non wrestling acting, they go they try to go straight into the action stuff. So he's done a few like badly written action movies, which weren't bad, but now that he's kind of branched off into doing comedy, like. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard that Cock Blockers movie he did is freaking hilarious. And, you know, like I said, in this one, he is, like, you know, playing this, like, hard-ass dude who runs this. But he's there's some great, like, comedic moments with him in it, too, where he's just kind of back and forth. Especially be, like, the weirdo scientist guy that is, like, you know, freaking almost worshiping the freaking Decepticons. And he's like, dude, this is weird. I mean, their name's the Decepticons. Do you, does that not, like, red, throw any red flags up to anybody else? <laughs> Some of the freaking little, like, just little jokes he makes in character. I mean, they're not hilarious. even jokes. I mean, that's real life, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? Because <laughs> they're all like, no, we got to trust these guys. They're going to help us catch this. Because uh... that's, you know, spoiler thing, you know, Bumblebee accidentally lands on on a training facility and, like, you know, and it you know, doesn't mean any harm, but they assume he's an attacking alien force and automatically, you know, start trying to hunt him down, which he scans like an old, like, Vietnam looking era Jeep that happens to be on the gun range and turns into like one of those freaking Willie's Jeeps for a little bit, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> but then like, you know, he gets attacked by a uh, uh, freaking a Decepticon uh, Blitzwing. Who's a freaking phantom. And that fight seemed like, cause like, you know, if you remember the, like I said, the previous six Michael Bay movies or whatever, Bumblebee doesn't speak. He speaks via radio. So we've seen the origin kind of, you get to see the origin of that. Cause you know, he starts off talking like a normal dude, like all the other Transformers. And then in that fight scene, you know, they're like, he finally captured him. He's like, tell me where Optimus Prime is. And he won't, he's like, he's like, oh, you're not going to tell I'll, me? I'll never Let's make sure say, you tell anybody. You know, yeah. <laughs> he freaking rips out his voice box. So, like, from then on, you know, it's like, you know, when we get later on, we're like, oh, yeah, Bumblebee speaks with his radio because he, he, he can't talk. Because he got his freaking voice box ripped out, which was kind of, kind of metal. And then it, man- it manages to blow the fucker up. But at the same time, he's like severely injured and is like you know his memory core is crashing so he's just kind of trying to scan something that he couldn't remember how to turn into and finally hits on a a volkswagen beetle and then kind of goes into a coma so he's stuck as a beetle for however many (laughs) years after that battle 
Yeah, and, and I mean some of those precursors and um, you know the 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 backstory there to build up into the the main focal point of the film. I mean, you know, I, that that's some shit that you know the the original you know movies could have used. Yeah, a little bit and, more. You know, then <laughs> explanation. You know, just um, you know, some of the character building too. You know, I mean, um. Oh shit, shit, shit! Uh, what's her face? Um, the girl he Haley uh, Steinfeld. You know, I yeah. mean, you know the the backstory of her. You know, and you know losing the 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 father, and then you know like I've been working on this fucking Corvette. I can't get it to run. You know, mom's working two jobs, and you know, yeah, she's just turning eighteen. Uh, A.K.A. Charlie Watson. And yeah, I didn't even realize that was Haley Steinfeld. I remember her from like freaking whatever Pitch Perfect and and uh, was it uh, the the remake of uh, True Grit. And it's like I didn't really realize that was her. I mean, she's she's actually a damn good good actress. Uh, but yeah, she's kind of traumatized by his death, and because she was a competitive diver and worked on this car with her dad, she's kind of gone emo and like doesn't really do anything except for like it's kind of like she's trying to rebuild this car. Because it's like, that's the last thing her and her father was, and she thinks if she can get it running, like, he'll be proud of her from beyond the grave or whatnot. So she's like, every bit of, every cent she makes, she goes to this junkyard and tries to buy parts to, to get the Corvette running and just can't figure it out on her own. And finally it's like, fuck this, I'm, I'm moving on. I saw this old beetle in the junkyard when I was looking for parts. I need, I'm turning 18. I need a fucking car. I'm going to go buy this damn, this damn Beatles. Like, fuck this Corvette. I'm done with it. I'll find something that I can, that I can fix. <laughs> Start with something that's at least halfway running. And finally, the, you know, the, the old guy at the, the junkyard's like, all right, happy birthday. If you can get it running, you can have it. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> and so she pieces old Bumblebee back together and accidentally sends out a distress signal when she hooks up his radio. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, just the, the interactions between, you know, her and Bumblebee, especially there at the beginning, you know, where basically he's like a, you know, a, a wounded puppy, you know? I yeah, because, <laughs> you know, when she's working on him and accidentally activates him, it kind of very much reminded me of, like, E.T. or something like that. Because when he wakes up, he's piling, he's kind of, like, reset to default settings. He has no memory of who he is, that he's a a soldier in the, you know, Cybertron resistance or whatever. He just like, John, very Johnny five. I'm alive now. What the fuck does this mean? <laughs> so she kind of teaches him to like, you know, he's almost like a kid at first. Cause she's kind of having to teach him like a puppy or whatnot to, to how to blend in. And, and that, that, well, I mean, I, and, and uh, I mean, those were some of the, the great moments where, you know, it's like, okay, you have the ability to transform into shit, but you know, like you know takes him to the beach and it's like okay this is how you hide you know and you got a fucking big ass robot trying to hide behind a boulder <laughs> yes. and it's like that's not quite what i meant you yeah know? i just love that sequence because she's all like she's like all right people will try to take you away from me if they find out you're a robot so what do we do when we see a human that's not me oh look there's a human what do we do and she runs and hides behind a rock and then looks over and he's trying to hide behind a rock she's like no, he's oh shit, and then turns into a tra- and like throws sand all over when he transforms, and she's like, "It's a little bit late. You've been caught, won't be. You need to do that first. <laughs> and then him like just trying to dust the sand off her head, like, "Sorry, my bad." 
And and that I, whole that whole sequence too, when he's like playing with his radio and it's not working. She's like, "Hold on, like I think it's broken. Let me let me see if I can fix that." And takes the radio out of her dad's Corvette and sticks it in him, and then all of a sudden it, it works. And she's like, "Hey, it's got a tape deck too," and like throws in the freaking. Uh, Oh, was it uh, never going to give you – tries to freaking Rickroll him or some shit. And he's like, sorry, he's like, nope, this yes. music sucks. Give me something else. She's like, all right, gives him another tape. And he, he doesn't like that music either. And, like, freaking he checks it. And she's like, he's like, no, your music sucks. <laughs> then he goes over to the records and, you know, starts flipping through the vinyl. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, now we're getting into the good shits. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't remember. What was it he finally liked? Oh, fuck. What was it? Oh, oh. Because, you know, Bumblebee's a little bit of a rock and roller, I think. <laughs> He's like, give me some classics, man. This, this like, 80s New Age shit sucks. <laughs> oh, damn it. But, yeah, while you're looking at that, if you can even find it, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, he, when he accidentally sends out the, the distress signal when she's messing with his radio, they, it... That's another thing we've not seen in the Transformer movies is the old double changers that would could turn into two different things. So you get two Decepticons uh, that that uh, come to Earth trying to hunt Bumblebee because you know his original mission before he lost his memory is to set up kind of a Autobot base on Earth for them to use as kind of a staging area to try to retake Cybertron. And so they're trying to find Optimus Prime because he's in in hiding. And so it's like Shatter and Dropkick. <laughs> come looking for him. So there it's like the old, you know, double chain train where they can change to a car and a plane, which when they land in like some trailer park in Texas or whatever, and, <laughs> and just blow away the, the, the dude, it's like turn into like freaking you know, like badass hot rods. Well, I mean, that, that was the, the thing, you know, that was kind of different about this, you know, that it wasn't that, you know, Oh, you just got blasted, now you're a bloody pulp. It's like, no, you just basically turned into water. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, the, the way they toned it down to make it more, you know, family-friendly and stuff was... Because that was the thing, too, because, like, when I was looking at some of the, the articles on the Michael Bay Transformers, he was like, this is a stupid toy movie. I don't want to do it, but I want to work with Steven Spielberg, so yeah, I'll do it. And then, like, the original script they gave him, he's like... Nah, this is too like kitty friendly. I need to like make it more like adult and actiony. So, yeah, there's people getting fucked up in those like original Transformers movies. Where this one, they've like said they've kind of gone back to like this shit's based on a cartoon. It should be like something that you can take your kids to. <laughs> so you know, the the death scenes weren't as bloody. They just kind of like turned them into goo or water. Kind of remind me of some shit from like Men in Black <laughs> when they just liquefy the dude when they shoot him. It's almost like Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now I kind of want to see him make a, a freaking 80s-based G.I. Joe movie. <laughs> yeah, when the G.I. Joe films were, you know, first debuting and stuff, that's really what I was kind of... The second one with The Rock wasn't that bad. The first one was kind of a little weird, but the second one with The Rock was, was not bad. I wish they'd make another one of those. But if they went back to the 80s like they did with this, <laughs> that, that could be interesting. Looked like some OG uh, G.I. Joe shit going on. Oh, most definitely. But there was that whole, like, I think I even said in the theater when she's, like, tinkering with him and, like, uh, when they're, like, I think they're out in the woods or something practicing and she's, she's yeah, he kind of has, like, a memory flash and she's, like, tinkering and stuff and it releases a, uh, you know, she f finds something in him and turns it on and it releases a, a, a 
hologram of Optimus, like saying, you know, telling him what his mission is, and he starts to get back some of his memory. But the, I'm sitting there like, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Yes. <laughs> when he's sitting there projecting this shit, I'm like, this is very much like an R2 moment right here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I very much got that same vibe. <laughs> Tell me, Bumblebee. Here are all. And suddenly, that meme is going to explode across the internet, and cigar nerds are going viral. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, freaking drop kick and uh, and shatter meet the the uh, the freaking oh, whatever sector seven people, and they're like, oh no, we're we're intergalactic peacekeepers. We're looking for a fugitive. Like, can you? Can you help us? We'll we'll give y'all technology if y'all give us access to your satellites and shit. And like they basically invent the internet, <laughs> you know, which is really weird though, because it as advanced as everything is, they would not need any of our acts. They just go and tap into that shit. Like you know, <laughs> you're you're traveling across galaxies and shit. Like you can't you hack know, a couple satellites. Yeah, you know? It's like you know. That was kind of one of the things that I was like, ah, you know, but I understand. You got to dumb it down for the masses and, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, I just I just kind of love Burns' like suspicion. Like, when he's trying to, like, talk to the general, he's like, come on, man. Their name, are, they're called Decepticons. Is that not right? Is your red flags? And the whole, like, scientist guy, it's amazing. They're doing all this stuff. They're they're making all their techniques. And he's like, is it just me or is this scientist guy creepy? And the general's like, doesn't matter. He t- he figures out a way to track these guys, and then we'll just kill them all if we don't like them. And he's like, "All right, cool. I'm down with that." <laughs> yeah, and I think they even point out like there's one guy in the group named Simmons, which is the character from the, the guy running Sector Seven in the later time wise uh, Michael Bay movies. You know, played by a different actor, but it, yeah, it's kind of a prequel without like just ham fisting that this is connected to the other stuff until the, like the very end. Then you're like. Oh shit! Now I, I get where this is going. Uh, once we get to that point, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, this could have been a standalone movie and not really tie into like the rest of us. But they at least connected the the tissue a little bit uh, to like say, hey, this is the, turns into this other weird shit later on. But right now, it's well, you know, I, I kind of <laughs> got the you know the the same thing with this that we talked about with Aquaman, right? Like where you get you know transformers and like you said there's so much going on you know and you know just like with dc like you know you get justice league with all of these you know fucking characters and shit like that and you know then all of a sudden you go back to the one-offs and it's like man the one-off should have happened before we had you know 50 things going (laughs) on yeah if this had been the first transformers movie before we got into the the michael bay stuff it probably would have at least given some context to the the background of it all, where uh, I think this was like kind of like a, a sorely needed uh, explanation of of where all the shit came from. Yeah, well, and I mean, I, I don't know. For me personally, I, I actually felt more connected with the cast and Bumblebee than I ever did with you know the actual Michael Bay Transformers shit. Yeah, because those were pretty much, like, just non-stop action. Where this one had, like, like I said, reminded me very much of, a, of like, an E.T. or something. Had that, like, kind of, like, heartfelt storyline where, you know, not only is Bumblebee learning to be Bumblebee again, you know, this girl's learning to come out of her shell and be human again, you know? And she's, like, you know, 
learning to to care about somebody and learning to kind of not just be in her own isolated little world, but, you know, kind of connect more with her family and her neighbors. And, you know, it's not just me in my garage all the time. So you just got to get a robot and destroy all of your family's belongings. And then, you know, you'll feel connected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that when she has to go to work and leaves him by himself. And he just like, you know, gets into shit. It's kind of like a, a puppy when you leave him alone and they're going to yeah. chew everything up. But yeah, that was kind of hilarious to me. I'm like, Trying to go through the house and just accidentally destroy everything. Even you know, like him this. playing with a dog door, and it's like, <laughs> oh, what are all these things? And yeah, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna sit on this couch. Oh wait, I weigh, you know, <laughs> yeah. how much a transformer weighs. You know, <laughs> obviously much more than the capacity. And starts trying to watch, you know, TV. Very much like that ET sequence where he, when Elliot goes off to school and leaves ET at home, and he starts fucking up everything. <laughs> or. Or even like some of like the like the whatever Stranger Things shit, you know. It's it's like I said, it it that had a, a harkening back to a lot of those like weird alien movies from from the eighties. But yeah, I, I like that scene when you know, he sees the dog and scares the dog, and like it runs into the door, and he's like, "Hey, what's this?" And starts trying to look through the dog hole, and just knocks the whole door open. He's like, "Fuck, I didn't do that." <laughs> crushes the couch and just and I mean destroys he's trying the to whole be house. Mindful, you know, he's crouching through doakways, and you know, I mean just. <laughs> Yeah, when you're I a mean, giant you hunk a, of metal, you, it's, it's you, hard uh, to sneak. put a bull in a china shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they come in, he's like, oh, shit, hide, and just turns into a car in the middle of the living room. <laughs> like, it's too late, but we, we've seen you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, that, that's been a lot of uh, people's complaints, though, is, uh, you know, they strayed away from just being pure action to, you know, I, I don't know. I mean... To me, this felt a lot more well-rounded. Yeah. There's definitely more of a balance to it. And, you know, not only shout-outs to the whole 80s original Transformers, when, you know, her her neighbor that's kind of got a crush on her discovers Bumblebee, and they go out, like, riding around showing him what he can do, and they end up at, like, the beach party where, like, the guy's, like, trying to, like, you know, dive off the cliff, and he's like, oh, you're you're a diver? Come on, join me. And she's like, I don't know. And by this time, Bumblebee's kind of learned to speak with the radio and like slaps her with the door and starts playing. You got the touch. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> when that song broke out, I'm like, hell yeah, 1986 Transformers soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, I, I forget to cheer out in the theater when I heard that song. But it's kind of like when you know Africa pops up in Aquaman. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, fucking 80s Transformers uh, music. <laughs> Pitbull, why the fuck did you? <laughs> Give me the Leo cover. Yes. <laughs> Africa's so much better metal. <laughs> yeah, but when that like uh, <laughs> that shit kicked off with the you got the touch, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm in, I'm sold on this movie. I don't care what else happens. They played that song. <laughs> but then another shout out to the '80s. Like, did you notice like uh, when they're all driving around and they accidentally like speed by the sheriff and getting like the car chase where he's like running from the police. Who the sheriff was? It's uh, an actor named Fred Dreyer. If anyone from like a fan of the eighties, he was like there was a big detective show called Hunter, where he was like an LAPD detective, and it was like I was like fuck, it's Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was all kind of eighties nostalgia like popping up in this movie. <laughs> yeah, all I needed was an A team reference, and this would have been <laughs> been down. Yeah, I don't think there was a van. <laughs> Down by the river. 
uh, yeah, so I mean, like I said, it had this a, a lot of that heart in it, and but then eventually, of course, Sector Seven and the Decepticons catch up to him and and capture him and torture the shit out of him. But yeah, some jumper cables and some some taser rifles, you can apparently fix anything. <laughs> and when he's like, you know, kind of rebooted, it reboots his his brain, and he like, oh shit, I'm a warrior, and like starts fucking shit up. <laughs> And it kind of does, it's kind of like, um, what's that movie? Uh, Iron Giant. When he, you know, because the Iron Giant, when it crashes or whatever, kind of loses his memory and is, is very friendly. But then at that one point when he's like finally fully reassembled and remember he was sent to destroy the earth and his eyes go red and he just starts blasting shit. It, it was very much reminded me of that when like, you know, when Bumblebee first reboots and he's like, oh, we're being attacked and just defaults into warrior mode and eyes go yeah, red and he starts blasting stuff right and left. She's like... No, Bumblebee, like, you know, <laughs> these are not the bad guys. Like, calm your tits. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> but I, you know, I, seeing some of that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, giving the robots, you know, human characteristic and everything else, I mean, I don't know. For me, that, that just brought a, you know, greater sense of closure. I, I, I don't know, you know, Transformers, there's always kind of been a, a little bit of a... Uh, you know, morality aspect, you know, there. And, you know, I got very much that same feeling with this film that I didn't get from the other ones. No, because so. it was definitely a lot of collateral damage in the previous movies. But this one, even though he was blasting the shit out of all these cars, it didn't look like he was actually, like, targeting any people. Kind of reminded me of uh, Terminator 2 when, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's, like, blowing up the cop cars and the miniguns and manages not to shoot anybody, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, he, you know, he, Well, like, I mean, for anybody interested, there's a uh, great YouTube video on how to shoot gangster, and they go over that concept. <laughs> where literally, you, you throw the bullets, you know, and yell obscenities and, and, and stuff, and, you know, make sure you hold your weapon sideways so you can't see down the sights. And that just ensures that you, you know, only hit all the stuff around everything but the target. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, you know, it's... It's science. Science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then when the the mom shows up and they're like you know, running from the <laughs> from the government because you know finally the uh, the uh, what's his, uh, the the scientist like walks in on on the Decepticons torturing the shit out of Bumblebee and figures out that oh no they're here to destroy Earth and Optimus and all that stuff and, and kind of calls in and he's like. Uh, guys, I was wrong. They're evil. We need to stop them. <laughs> My bad. And then he gets turned into water. And uh, but yeah, like, and they're like, well, we've got to call it. You know, call in the strike force, strikeforceenergy.com, <laughs> and go to like a transmitter to like signal up ET call home and shit. So they gotta like, yeah, you know, stop them from calling in the Decepticons. Tower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bumblebee can like send a message to Saturn with a with a freaking AM radio, but uh, they need a cell tower to blast all the way to Cybertron, and and they they've got got to stop him. And which, like I said, it kind of like I said, it very much kind of a small story and heartfelt until you get to that point, and then it goes back to like the straight up action film where he's finally like, I'm, I'm fully operational. It's time to like kick some metal ass. And, it's, and but whole, I mean, even then, like you know, I mean, you know. He has a little bit of help from uh, his human friends, and um, you know, which they always have to do with the trans. They always have to have some human to tag along to, like, you know, 
bring you into yeah, the story. Yeah, but I mean, not only, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it almost became a, um, you know, National Lampoon film, you know, with the <laughs> with the car chase and the family. And, you know, you get you got the mom, the stepdad, you know, the little brother and, you know. <laughs> car blocking with the, with the family station wagon to get the government I mean, off hey. of them so they can go fight the Decepticon. <laughs> and even, like, the the... The wannabe boyfriend is like, no, go. I'll slow them down. And he's like, stop. And they just like almost run him over. And he's like, fuck, that didn't work. <laughs> it was at that moment I had a heroic <laughs> And then later on when he shows up like on the little motorcycle bike that he had got somewhere after the whole battle's over. And he's like, I'm here. And then he's like, sorry, kid. We've already taken care of it. <laughs> it's like, damn it. I did some heroic shit. Nobody saw it. <laughs> It's like that's okay, kid. <laughs> He's like, I was trying to be a badass for my girl, and nobody's seen it. <laughs> Remind me of uh, what's his face from uh, Deadpool, the taxi cab driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to be a hero like you, pool. <laughs> oh, and like I said, uh, yeah, but that whole like final fight sequence with the uh, you know Bumblebee and her versus the. The two Decepticons, when, when I think, you know, transforms into a uh, a helicopter and he like like pulls out the chain and starts whipping it around and like, you know, wraps him up in the chain. And then the guy's like, what? Big deal. You wrapped me up with the chain. He's like, oh, yeah. Just like pulls it and like, just, the guy flies to a whole bunch of pieces. And it's like, oh, yeah. Chain shit. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, of course, Burns shows up in a helicopter trying to trying to assist and gets shot down and Bubble Wee catches him and he finally like. Oh, there are a difference between the good guys and the bad guys. This guy's like, you know, you know, the whole like falling on me in a training mission was a <laughs> was an accident. He didn't really, you know, he's and you know, actually one of the good guys and, and saved my ass. So he uh, decides to to kind of help yeah, them like, out. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, my friends are gonna be here any minute, and um, you know, they're not gonna ask you know, any questions. <laughs> you need to go. Yeah. And he, in that whole sequence too, with like him fighting, uh, uh, whatever shatter to over the over there, and they end up in that whatever that dry dock thing, and he blasts the uh, the wall, and that that and she's like, "You're gonna kill us both," and she gets like just squished by that boat that comes like sliding in. That was pretty bad. And finally, too, yeah, like I said, Charlie's character, who was a competitive diver, has kind of been for some reason like afraid to dive or afraid of the water because that was like her and her dad's thing. And like you know, when she sees Bumblebee is like not coming up. She freaking finally does the high dive back, which she probably would have hit some punk of metal in that <laughs> in the water and died herself. But she dived in and like, you know, hey, wake up, asshole. <laughs> Let's get down here. And like, what was she, what was her plan? Like, <laughs> not like it was a human that was down there drying on the that she could have easily like grabbed and pulled out of the water. He's like a thousand pound robot. <laughs> Dude, she's got the taser rifle, okay? You know? She had the touch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if all else fails, you know, I mean, you know, you don't need an electrical cardiogram, you know, just, uh, you know, use your taser rifle. Yeah, I mean, I get it was a cool, like, she's finally gotten over her trauma moment, but I'm still like, what was your plan? <laughs> You're not going to be able to pick his ass up. Why don't you go find, like, a you know, a tow truck or something and fish his ass out? That, that would have been sometimes more. Sometimes it's just the motivation. You know? <laughs> that would have been more, more useful. I don't know, you know, I mean, it's, hey, you're not alone down here. Hey, yeah, hey, oh, wake oh, up. oh, wait, hold on, the, the human I'm trying to protect is here. Okay, I, yeah. I gotta get, I, 
I gotta wake up or, or her dumbass is gonna drown down here trying to. She's gonna put to in another shitty cassette tape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's gonna put in some wham or something. I gotta get up before she like fucks in my stereo again. <laughs> Don't touch a black man's radio, boy. That shit'll get you killed out here. <laughs> Throw some Chris Tucker in there. Oh, good times. <laughs> but I, don't, I mean, you know, for some of the shortcomings or you know lack of pre-planning i mean you know i can look past it i mean the the rest of the film was enjoyable i mean i i don't think there's such thing as a perfect film i haven't discovered it yet um you know i can find flaws in anything most of the time i just look in the mirror and find them within myself (laughs) (laughs) that's the bad part i got glass now i can see my flaws clearly I can see clearly now. <laughs> God. Oh. This is a very musical a episode. Freaking karaoke episode. Um, Not even drunk. <laughs> that's, that's why we sound so bad. <laughs> we sound a whole lot better. No, when we, we, we probably sound worse. Just in our heads, we sound better. <laughs> True enough. There's video from Dragon Con of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure that there's, you know... Beer goggles are a thing. I'm sure that, you know, beer hearing is also, beer you hearing. know. <laughs> yep. <that's... laughs> Beering aid. There we go. Beering aid. <laughs> I may have discovered something there. <laughs> oh, but yeah, like, you know, after, you know, he tells them to go on their way and whatnot, and they drive up to that cliff over over the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, and she's like, you know, now that you know your purpose, like, you should, you know, go on. You've you got other things to do. I'll be okay. I'm, I've am i gotten over my trauma now. Thank you. Love you. Miss you. And then he's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, original Michael Bay movies, he was a 77 Camaro at the start when uh, Sam Witwicky finds him. So it's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm like a wanted dude now. Everybody knows I'm a yellow bug. I should probably, like, turn into something else and scans and turns into, like, a 77 Camaro. And she's like, Fuck, dude, you could have been a Camaro all this time. What the hell have I been driving a VW Bug? That <laughs> is like that, you know, dude. Like <laughs> you could have been a you could have been a badass car this whole time, and I've been driving a shitty Bug around uh, <laughs> California. It's California, man. Bugs were like you know a staple. Yeah, uh, yeah, hippie. Yeah, surprised didn't turn into a VW hippie van. <laughs> I don't know. That's if he'd been found by stoners, that's what he would have turned into. <laughs> Freaking Shaggy and the gang discover Transformer. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of which, have you seen that new Walmart commercial? <laughs> no, I haven't watched any live TV in months. I don't even know why I'm paying for live I, TV. I saw this pop up on Facebook. Apparently, Walmart has this new like service where you can buy shit online and they'll just bring it out to your car. You don't even have to go into the store. But the car, the commercial of like all these cars showing up to pick up their shit, it's all like eighty stuff. There's Ecto One, the Mystery Machine, Bumblebee from this movie, uh, the Knight Rider kit car, <laughs> all the shit that Walmart doesn't carry. Yeah. The DeLorean shows up at one point. It's like all, <laughs> uh, even like a uh, freaking Snow White's like pumpkin, freaking uh, 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 whatever. Uh, Stagecoach shows up. It's like all these classic TV and movie cars all pop up at Walmart to buy their bullshit. Oh, yeah, even the uh, Jurassic Park uh, Ford Explorer <laughs> shows up at one point in the commercial. It's kind of awesome. And they even did, like, you know, the 57 Ecto-1, not the crap from the the, the newest movie. 
<laughs> I mean, it was, it was kind of badass. But it's still Walmart, so it's not that bad. <laughs> Made a good commercial. <laughs> and that, that too, after he transforms into the into the the Camaro and heads off on the highway, he pulls up next to the 77 semi. They're like, oh shit, it's Optimus Prime. And he's like, looks like fucking Optimus Prime. <laughs> that, that was like the other moment. It's almost like one of those, like, you almost felt a tear roll down. From yeah. Nostalgia. That was, that was like the... The point in the movie, the other point in the movie, you know, we had the 84, like you got the touch that like, you know, had me cheering. It was like when Bumblebee's riding side by side with Optimus, I'm like, hell yes. And then they, they go off to the woods to, to plan like setting up a Autobot base and whatnot and signal the, the other Autobots to join them. And uh, he's like, you know, good job, B21, whatever. And he's like, actually call me Bumblebee. <laughs> and he's like, all right, Bumblebee. <laughs> I have a name. Yeah. I have earned my name. <laughs> Black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. And then fast forward 20 years and he's a broken down 77 Camaro and turns into a 2007 Camaro. <laughs> and Optimus turns into a brand new semi some, somewhere on the way. That was the one thing from like the, the freaking Marky Mark Transformer movie. When, when he finds him, he gotten like busted up in a fight. He's like in that 77 version of of Optimus like in a th- hiding in a theater so how the fuck a semi I got in a the theater I don't know but he was there and it was like oh shit it's, it's OG Optimus <laughs> and then he gets fixed and turns back into like Michael Bay Optimus but for a brief moment we had 80s Optimus in the uh, <laughs> Michael Bay verse which was kind of cool briefly briefly and then went back to the same old shit <laughs> but I did like that movie had John Goodman as whatever his character was it was a cigar smoking Transformer. That was pretty cool. So what do you think Goat if you know this continues on, if you know if we're gonna get another Transformers movie, are they gonna stay prequel or do we jump back into the current timeline and does it go back to like Michael Bay bullshit or or is this kind of like, oh this worked, let's stick with this new kind of blueprint for making Transformers movies? I mean, it done. was successful, but money talks. Was it as successful as the Michael Bay Transformers? Well, not yet, but it was also cheaper than the Michael Bay Transformers. It was only cost like a hundred, hundred thirty-seven million. It's made three hundred and sixty-four at this point, but the others have cost like you know two, three hundred million. Made like you know the biggest grossing one was. Dark of the Moon, which made $1.123 billion. Uh, so, I mean, it's not hitting the previous incarnation's money yet, but it's probably gotten a lot better critically in fan reviews than the previous ones have. So, that ending with them driving off to the sunset, it was, it was a great memento. Um <laughs> I hope they stay in the prequel universe. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, for me, this, yes, it is a trip down nostalgia road. There's a lot of people that are like, ah, it's all about nostalgia and blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is. You know, we fucking grew up with the shit. So yeah, yeah it's, it's nostalgia, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of an opportunity to, 
Because the way the way it ended, they could either tie it into the Michael Bay verse, or but see, they could use this as a a soft reboot and kind of do something differently. I mean, you know, like I said, I was already invested in you know Charlie's character and you know the the supporting you know characters. Much more so than I was ever invested in, you know, any of the Michael Bay characters. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, I gave no shits about Witwicky. <laughs> yeah, you know, especially by I the mean, time we get to the third movie. <laughs> uh, I want to see more of this. Yeah, and, and and you know, and you know what? I would be okay, you know, if. Maybe, you know, the, the next segment, if we focus on, you know, maybe the next segment is, you know, Prime or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, I'm yeah, could, really digging. Could follow what he was doing up to the point yes. where he teams up with Bumblebee. And even though, even if they're like, all right, this is cool, this is in the in the Michael Bay universe. That first movie came out in 2007. This is set in the 80s. You know, they got, you know, 30 years that they could play with of them doing stuff that, you know, the government really isn't, you know, entirely known about. Because, I mean, in in those movies, they've established that the Transformers have been on Earth for a long-ass time. So there's other stories they could do previous to the the 2007 movie if they wanted to kind of stay in this, not kind of reboot the whole series, but stay in this prequel era for a couple movies. And I mean, Star Wars did it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. Or even go to, <laughs> go to space, you know, do like a, a freaking... Uh, you know, not that bullshit that Unicron is actually Earth shit from the last movie, but you know, go fight Unicron in space, or you know, do some shit back on. You know, go back to show some of the Cybertron war and stuff you know, without and, having and to that involve was, Earth. You know, something that I thought was really cool, and that you know, I mean, it's almost like Star Wars. Can right? we get Shark Picons? It's, it's really <laughs> hard to do Star Wars without epic space battles. Yeah, you know, and and Transformers, yes, there's interplanetary, you know, warfare and everything. So, you know, let's see some more of that shit. You yeah. know, but I I think this was a a great precursor to level the foundation and create a stepping stone for you know a franchise that me personally would be much more invested in than I ever was with the Michael Bay stuff. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of li- like this, this simpler storytelling or more, and like, you know, more real want more in depth storytelling. Yes. Than, and I mean, than the flash and money we've gotten previously, you know, it was one of those types of films where, you know, having a girlfriend that really doesn't, you know, get into nerd culture, but is like, Hey, I'm really enjoying these films. You know, it's great, you know, because I'm not just having to fucking go to a theater, you know, by myself because, you know, it, she just doesn't have interest in comic books and shit like well, that. You're that shit with Joe. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about this stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, she goes and she's like, holy crap, this just opened, you know, a whole new world to something that, you know, I would have just written off as nerdy shit and, you know, would have never checked out otherwise. So, you know, it's, I think in a lot of ways, a way to bring in a whole new fan base, right? I mean, I I, I feel... Yeah, they very much could reboot from here or, you know, like I said, stay kind of in that, not reboot, but stay in telling stories previous to the Sam Witwicky storyline. I mean, let's see what happens in 1989. 
Yeah. Or, you know, 1990. Or, you know. I want to see the whole, like, you know, they they never showed it in the in the Bay movies, but remember the arc and like the whole Autobot base and shit that was inside the volcano. Yes, <laughs> I mean they could do like I'd, I'd like to see some of that that shit from the cartoons, like the bigger the bigger stuff that was like you know we're 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 stay we stay hidden, but we're still like you know operating some shit out here. <laughs> Covert ops. Hell, in the next movie they could meet Spike and his dad or whoever the humans that helped them out in the eighties cartoons were. <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. They brought those guys in. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think the possibilities are are limitless. I just you know, I mean, much like the, you know, with recent Star Wars, the the one off films you know have been much better in my opinion than you know the yeah. the actual you know episode seven, eight, nine, fourteen, wherever whatever the hell. Yeah, I, I really you know? wish you know. Solo had done better, so we they'd sticked with those one-off movies. But like it, like we said when we did that episode, it kind of was hurting from the backlash of episode eight. So uh, you know they've kind of halted the brakes on those one-off movies. But I think that's more the way to go with 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 these films. Yeah, so. I mean that, that's the thing is you know I mean now give us a good GI Joe movie, Hasbro. I mean <laughs> you you've made a good Transformers movie now, cool. Like now, let's see if you reboot uh, GI Joe and make it w- watchable. <laughs> yes, because knowing is half the battle. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, we got a, we got a generation that doesn't want to work, that wants to fucking wear blindfolds and eat Tide Pods, and you know, <laughs> fucking, uh, you know. We got to do another blowing smoke, or did we just let you rant about? <laughs> About shit. I think that would be a good episode. <laughs> the uh, fucking uh, the fucking YouTube rants is, is big, man. We got to start a YouTube rant channel. <laughs> we could finally become like I famous just, and stuff. I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm part of a silent majority. You know, that's just like, yeah. all right. I'm I'm not even going to acknowledge it because they're attention seeking. You know, <laughs> I mean, we we live in an era of you know everything's got to be digitized and selfied and el- everything else you know it's all about you know probably the the most narcissistic cultural we've <laughs> ever been and um you know people just keep playing directly into the hand so i i think there's a vast majority of folks that are like if if we ignore it they won't get the attention they won't get the view counts they you know <laughs> They will weed themselves out. <laughs> and I do like, before we give our final thoughts here on the cigar. I wasn't done. <laughs> that they, they they wrap up Charlie's storyline because obviously she probably, if they do another one, they've kind of ended her stuff. But Not, I, I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know. I mean, dude. She, she regained her confidence. She gave him a kiss on the cheek. Right? I mean, it wasn't even lips or wasn't even tongue. That relationship is still budding. <laughs> or when, when Homeboy tries to hold her hand, she's like, we're not there yet. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But she, she goes it back home. Counts. Her confidence is back. She finishes rebuilding the Corvette and goes off to, like, college or whatever in her badass, like, 60s Corvette. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a cool showing her finally accomplishing the one thing that she started off wanting to accomplish throughout the movie. Because that Corvette was badass when she finished it. <laughs> and even Bumblebee played some like shitty 80s uh, music. She's like, hey, you finally playing whatever. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. 
So any final thoughts on this here, Carilio? Uh, black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Um, a little bit milder than what we typically smoke, but coming off of the powerhouse that we had beforehand, um, it was a great counterbalance. Uh, you know, it was sweet. It had the, you know, touch of peppery spice to it. Um, you know, this probably, for me, this is a wake and bake cigar. Yeah, it's it's not superpower. You this could probably is, do a couple of these in a session. This is what I want to start my day with. But, you know, it's mild, but it has flavor, which which I'm always a fan of because, like I said, I, I that's why I tend to stay yeah, away from mild cigars because they're boring. Up, and and our lacks in strength definitely makes up for in flavor and complexity and uh, and I mean I. You know, this is by no means what I would consider a, quote, mild cigar. I mean, I, I'm still going to say this is a medium, maybe medium plus. Um, but, yeah, o- overall, very budget-friendly. I mean, I, I don't have any complaints. All right, so with that, you know, go watch Bumblebee while it's still out. Uh, go smoke your Carrillo, and we'll be right back. some science you know uh first off yeah we've it's not a science article without you know talking about some skynet and you know we've we've also talked about elon musk either being the tony stark of our generation or a bond villain but now there's evidence you know what he may be preparing us to fight skynet maybe maybe he's that guy from the Transformers movie, <laughs> <laughs> which one? The, the the guy turns out to be secretly working for the Decepticons, <laughs> or the or the good guy? Yeah, the one you know, secretly working for the Decepticons. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you need a relight there. <laughs> Been vaping too much. Forgot how to smoke. But no, uh, recently at CES, uh, a self-driving Tesla kills a robot. At the, the an AI robot at the CES tech show. <laughs> so you know, we had previously talked about the Tesla having so the maybe uh, the uh, Tesla's AI is like, hey, this other AI is you know potentially going to be my competition. So you know, 
Capitalism. <laughs> we already talked about him putting in the uh, the uh, Road Warrior setting on the <laughs> the AI thing. So maybe this is just a, an offshoot of that. Yes, a uh, robot uh, called the V4 robot uh, by a Russian company called Promobot, which is basically ones that uh, they're built for like advertising or whatnot. Somehow wandered out into traffic in front of one of the hotels and got clipped by a, a Tesla that was. <laughs> driving on self-driving mode um, so this robot hasn't quite earned its name since it's still just a series of numbers in right <laughs> yeah so yeah and there's there is video of this thing and the tesla doesn't even stop it's like yeah fuck him <laughs> i'm the true robot now i am the captain <laughs> but then again it, it may be uh elon is like you know when skynet takes over my teslas have to be ready to fight the terminators <laughs> But there's also. I mean, Terminator starts with a T. Tesla starts with a T. T virus. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hopefully, this is just a, this was an actual robot and not like that uh, that fake uh, fake robot news from Russia we talked about uh, you know a few episodes ago, and it wasn't a guy in a suit because that could have been bad. <laughs> and then there's also some rumors running around that this was a stage thing because. Promobot has uh, has been caught doing some other like viral marketing stuff. Uh, where I guess at a demonstration, one of them ran out into into traffic uh, and, and held up traffic in <laughs> somewhere, but at the same time was broadcasting like sales uh, stuff. So, you know, some people are, are thinking that you know uh, the uh, Promobot uh, company has just kind of faked this or, or caused this just to generate you know some kind of of press so it may be more russian people are talking about it <laughs> of course you know you go fuck with elon that's the only way you're gonna get some like you know <laughs> actual press because i had never heard about the russian company Promobot before it got ran over by a tesla so yeah hey i guess yeah <laughs> the plan worked <laughs> you're now being talked about on on news and on podcasts but you know and i, I think you know, you're going to go deeper into CES and, and nerd news. But one other CES thing that popped up, that speaking because this kind of falls into our Transformers and, and whatnot, Hyundai is, uh, Hyundai is involved in, ah, unveils a walking car at CES. And right now it's kind of a small demo prototype, but it's a car that will drive like a normal car. But once it kind of runs into like obstacles, the wheels kind of sprout into four robotic arms and can kind of spider walk over obstacles and around stuff that may be blocking regular roadways. Is it just coincidence that this thing happens to be black and yellow <laughs> and is vaguely VW bug shaped? A <laughs> little bit, but you know, they're, they're saying, you know, it may eventually wind up in the, the civilian market, but their kind of primary goal is search and rescue and first responder vehicles that would be able to, access areas that you know emergency workers may not previously be able to access with the you know standard emergency vehicles so it's you know something that could you know crawl crawl off road to get to uh <laughs> injured people and and whatnot you know or, or not only that but over obstacles you know i yeah. mean like we've seen the things like where let's say there's a bus blocking the way and you know vehicles able to you know lift itself up and drive you know straddle over the bus and stuff and i don't know or hell yeah if you got a fire truck then just climb up the side of a building to get to a 
high-rise fire because I know uh, there's some some people in Dubai who's been experimenting with these like flying motorcycles and stuff to be able to fight fires on on higher floor levels and shit. So it's kind of cool. Like I said, it's very very early prototype right now. It's like the size of a big remote control car, but yeah, eventually you know they're hoping to get to a full size prototype, which would be pretty badass. That is pretty badass. And speaking of alien robots, I'm not going to say it's aliens, but could be aliens. Uh, we have discovered mysterious radio signals coming from a distant galaxy. Dun, dun, dun. Once again, I think it's Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Prime trying to send a message from Cybertron. Yeah, uh, uh, recently a, a new uh, whatever uh, radio telescope has gone operational called CHIME, uh, which stands for Canadian Hydrogen uh, something mapping experiment. Uh, intergalactic mapping experiment or whatnot. But yeah, it's, you know, uh, there have been previous uh, Canadian hydrogen intensity mapping experiment. Uh, and they call these uh, FRBs, which is uh, fast radio bursts, which is like millisecond flashes of radio waves from an unknown physical origin. And we've detected these in the past. And, you know, but a lot of them are kind of come and go. They're not like a constant signal where there is, before now there was one that was a, repeating signal that we could pick up regularly uh, and now with this new this new telescope we've discovered 13 more of these signals where another one being repeating which also they're saying appears to be coming from a closer source than the previous one so hell if this is some kind of spacecraft it could have been it's the same craft it's getting closer <laughs> here comes yeah. the freaking yeah id4 aliens are on the way this is like the uh <laughs> the early uh Whatever that movie, Contact, is this like the precursor to And they say we don't invasions. need a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah space wall. <laughs> We're worrying about the illegal aliens, and we've stopped worrying about the alien aliens. Yeah, but hopefully uh, Elon <laughs> Musk is, is, is working on that problem. The he's alien. already fighting robots. He's, he's probably got some secret uh, spaceship well, I mean, action dude, going we, on. We got, you know, space marines now, so we'll be okay. <laughs> Just hope we don't open any portals to hell. Oh. <laughs> uh, and speaking of... Uh, My years of playing video games have prepared me for this moment. <laughs> I've seen, speaking of uh, Space Marines, I saw somebody made a, uh, like a cosplay company or something, made a Space Marine helmet, and it had like a face mask inside of it, so when you looked through the, the glass of the helmet, it looked like the 8-bit face from the OG like Doom game. It was that kind of like pixelated face. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it really did look like... The Doom Space Marine helmet. I'm not even disappointed. <laughs> and uh, speaking of space exploration and you know, hopefully you know, fighting off this coming alien invasion, uh, Plutonium-238, uh, that's pretty much what any of these deep space exploration like Voyager and all these, and you know, is or nope, as new they're as they're just the, numbers. They haven't even been assigned an official call sign. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Voyager and even as new as the Cassini spacecraft and the Mars rover are are being powered by this plutonium two thirty eight. But the problem is, it's extremely difficult to make. It's uh, you know has a uh, kind of a, a it is a radioactive material and you know puts out you know constant heat due to its, you know, natural rate of decay, but it's stable and 
actually kind of releases low levels of radiation, so it's not like super dangerous, like dealing with some kind of nuclear reactor. But up until now, these things have had to been produced by hand, and it's kind of a labor-intensive process. But uh, scientists uh, at the Oak Ridge uh, National Lab has come out with a way to mass-produce these things to power future spacecrafts. They've because uh, basically NASA has said that they've got uh, pretty much enough of this stuff on stock for maybe three more space missions before we are critically low on fuel. So this is going to be able to ensure future exploration because it's, you know, basically we've been pumping out like maybe 80 of these pellets at a time where with this new process, they can jump up to like 270. It's like tripled production of, of this type of plutonium. So like I said, they're hoping to be able to produce, you know, and since it's a kind of a automated system, produce more of it safely to, ensure future space exploration because basically what it do, they're doing now is they're taking a uh neptonium oxide um was it neptonium oxide aluminum pellets and then radiate them with a chemical process that turns them into plutonium 238 so like i said now it's a whole lot easier oh, dude, to make I got some of that stored in the basement <laughs> tripled the output just gotta pass that along you know i mean Cool. Call you, NASA. You, they'll they'll buy that shit. You don't have any? No, nah, I ran out. I yeah, I, I went through and you know did an ammo inventory, and I I'm completely out of plutonium two thirty eight. So you got plenty you of five five six, but I need some more plutonium. <laughs> hmm. I mean, short of building an arc reactor in a cave in Afghanistan, this is like you know going to ensure the advancement of space technology for generations to come. Maybe we can finally get a straight up Enterprise and do some actual like you know. Space Marine Starfleet shit going on. Uh, I did see some, uh, you know, some cosplay on how to, you know, make like Star Trek screws and such. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Orville or whatever the new new hotness is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make my own Star Trek with Coke and hookers. (laughs) Or whatever he did. I mean, that's great for morale. (laughs) And Um, and productivity because then you'll never want to sleep. With aliens. <laughs> Alien uh, hookers? I'm not okay with that. I mean, it worked for Kirk. He, he you know, banged all kind of aliens back in the day. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're yellow or have three boobs. Kirk will, will have sex with you. <laughs> and with that, we'll be... I feel like there's <laughs> probably a bad pickup line in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm like, Kirk... I don't care what you look like. <laughs> I'll beam you up. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to check out my proton torpedo? <laughs> it's set for stun. <laughs> oh, God, cut me off. Like, let's just, move just on to something else now. Stay away from the exhaust port. <laughs> Hopefully it's not two meters wide. <laughs> at some point we're going to have to do like outtakes but (laughs) nah shit all that stuff makes it in the show (laughs) Uh, and with that we'll be right back dragons do not do well in captivity how do you know this that's what i do i podcast and i know things hi i'm robin paris from the room and you're listening to we podcast and we know things hello this is grant kirkup i'm famous for saying ubinaka and ikabokum 
and you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. It's a more than Nick, okay, man, and you're listening to Greg and Sam on the We Podcast and We Know Things, y'all. And now it's time for all things nerdy and And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right, so um, we're just going to go ahead and jump into the mix. And uh, we got a trailer for uh, Marvel's The Punisher Season 2. Fuck yeah, so you know we're going to be doing a part two of our Punisher episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, character near and dear to my heart. Season 1 was a uh, blast. Really love uh, the John Barenthal portrayal of The Punisher. Um like that a lot more than um you know I thought I was. Uh, yeah, because so. we've not done whole episodes on on much of the other Marvel Netflix series, other than just to kind of briefly discuss them in in nerd news and whatnot. But yeah, Punisher it deserves an episode that first season, and I'm betting from the trailer, season two is gonna we'll definitely have time to. <laughs> want to talk about that yeah absolutely i mean it looks like it's already geared up to be a uh a a bloody season uh you know jam-packed with action um you know i like the first trailer with the badass music yeah like i said the tr- first season one trailer could have been a cool music video season two got some pretty awesome shit in it too well i mean you know anytime you got alice in chains uh you know the whole just let me be what i'm supposed to be <laughs> And of course, you know, it looks like we've got our villain for season two is uh, Jigsaw uh, survived that ass beating he got at the end of season two. And now he's gone full mask wearing terrorist guy. Uh, (laughs) And Frank's going to have to come back and fuck some shit up. In typical Frank Castle fashion. And because it kind of the way season one ended, you thought he was like, all right, I've killed the people I need to kill. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like the way, uh, whatever season two of daredevil ended and frank was like all right i'm done i'm hanging up my guns i'm gonna be a construction worker and they they tune him up and he's got to come back and kill everybody so it's like he's he's trying to john wicket and retire yet again and then nope <laughs> some girl needs my help i'm trying to time to dust off the uh the old skull vest and there's some more people that need killing I feel like the Punisher's work is never done. No, nah, there's always somebody that needs punishing. And even that girl said in the trailer where he, like, I guess saves her in a bar and kills a bunch of dudes that are trying to kill her. She's like, like, why'd you help me? It looked like he was almost looking for an excuse. <laughs> Damn right. It's like, yeah. The, John Barenthal has been the best version of the, of the Punisher. It's... It, like I said, I, I, really I mean, like I, I, I'm still a big, you know, Thomas Jane fan, but yeah. I mean, you know, the same time, I mean... He's, he's, you know, sold the role, uh, you know, quite well. I'm just kind of curious, you know, with the political climate and everything else, you know, are they going to, you know, I keep hearing a lot of talks that, oh, they're going to, you know, turn this into like, you know, an alt-right extremist, you know, fucking social justice warrior type thing. And I'm like, God damn it, can we not just have legit action movies and not everybody try to politicize every goddamn thing. And we know it's probably going to get canceled uh, like all the other Marvel series after it's So, you know, <laughs> if released, they but... absolutely take it, you know, oh. a social justice, you know, and people's like, you know, boycott it, then, you know, it's not like they're going to get any major repercussion. Oh, just let, go balls. let As Frank says in the commercial, just let Frank be who he's supposed to be. <laughs> 
Don't try to soften this shit up. I mean, and the trailer looks bloody enough. You know, we won't know till we actually see what we get here in the next. Was yeah, it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the first one was you next know week rather when it comes out. you know rather interesting. You know, focusing on the you know past military, the PTSD, you know, elements and everything. So, you know, I I don't know. I mean, you can use this as a campaign for raising awareness and you know finding you know betterment for folks or you know politicize it and you know see how much more we can divide folks so kind of a couple different directions so i guess we'll just uh see which way why the fuck are you pulling a gun on me (laughs) what the hell i'm just trying to do a podcast don't make me go all punisher uh i got some allison's chains (laughs) Um, all right, so. I tried yeah. to kill the rooster. <laughs> Whoa. It's a different song, but. <laughs> Wood. All right, um, up next, Black Widow uh, may actually be our first R-rated Marvel Studio film. What? Uh, you know, uh, it isn't set in stone, but you know, and I've not heard anything about story wise of what uh what the uh black widow solo film's supposed to be yet because I don't know if they're it's gonna be kind of in the same time frame that these other men, but now now that we got uh Cat Marvel coming out in the next couple weeks or next whatever couple months, going back to like you know the nineties or eighties or whenever that thing set, you know, are we going to get a black widow when she was still a Russian assassin movie or, uh, or something a little more modern time frame or not? Cause I mean, if they go back to her days of being just a straight up, uh, assassin, there's some potential for some good, you know, R rated violence well, going on. You know, kind of what's prompted this is, you know, for some of the, the casting, you know, calls and, you know, character breakdowns call, you know, for four actors who can speak multiple language, with some of them potentially being double agents, and you know the villain rumored to either be Taskmaster or Red Guardian. So you know, yeah. Are you gonna think go back to her kind of going after her past, like something from her past popping up, and her having to deal with some of the old people she worked for back in the day when she was in a well, set, or yeah. even if she and I mean, you know, the early is, days of shield when she was like a shield. We don't agent. know for sure, but it's expected to be a prequel. You know, I, I, I guess kind of like what they're going to do with captain Marvel. Um, you know how she operated as a spy for the KBG, um, you know, before defecting the shield. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, production is, Hopefully set to start, you know, sometime between late February, early March. I mean, we've got a release date scheduled for May 1st, 2020. So, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of unknowns. Yeah, it's um, kind of interesting to see where things go post, you know, in Avengers Endgame. You know, where they're going to take, you know, because we've had like all these movies have been building up to Thanos. And now once Thanos goes away, we got to kind of start building a new marvel universe so it's kind of it's gonna be interesting what they do from post end game where we're where we're going with all this stuff yeah so i i don't know i mean it would 
The potential. I mean, you know, definitely have seen, you know, success with R-rated superhero films, um, you know. And she's, I mean, some of her action sequences in some of the previous movies, like especially like some of the stuff from Iron Man 2, like if you let her just do a full-on badass action movie, that might be pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I don't know. You know, we'll keep folks surprised as we learn. Um, so, a tidbit of, um, I, don't, I don't know, kind of a, a franchise that just kind of, sort of went the way of the Dodos. Um, apparently, there is a Final Destination reboot in the works. <laughs> but the final, Final Destination. Here's the final kicker. Destination. Is... The writers that did the Saul's franchise are set to be working on this. Hmm. That could so, be interesting. I mean, I liked those Final Destination movies. They were they were like fun popcorn flicks. Just the, the elaborate MacGyver-esque death sequences. Like the Rube Goldberg <laughs> death sequences were were hilarious in some of those movies. So and they just got just cheesier and weirder as the franchise went on, so I'm down to watch that shit again. I mean, it it was entertaining to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Patrick Melton, Marcus Dunstan um, are set to write the script. Um, you know, this will be for New Line. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, I- enjoyable. They were kind of quirky, um, you know. So, I don't know. I- I'm I'm kind of... Curious, you know, I mean, you know, Dunstan and uh, Melton, they did, um, you know, four of the Saw movies. They did, um, you know, Project Greenlight and also wrote Piranha 3DD. So, (laughs) I mean, yeah, uh, hey, I think they'd be a good fit. Yeah, they've got a good resume going. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's a franchise that, you know shouldn't take itself, you know, too seriously. Um, up next, all right. So we had, you know, the consumer entertainment, um, you know, whatever. Show. Show. Golly. Better known as CES. Symposium, you know. We can't call it something, you know. Whatever. Anyway. So my thoughts are this year seemed to be a bit lackluster. You know, autonomous cars were a big hit. Um, you know, a couple of new TVs and foldable smartphone. Like you mean flip phones? I think we already had that. <laughs> no, I mean these are like bendy and shit. Like it's uh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. Not something that. See, I'm not one, you know, to carry a phone in my back pocket or anything. So I'm never sitting on it. So you know, a bendy phone. Yeah, I'm just not really seeing the the thing. The shit bounce when I drop it instead of shattering my screen. I don't know. Then I'm then I'm I'm good. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, don't sit on your phone. It probably won't bend. Give me but, a phone that 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 the salesman doesn't try to like sell me like a case and a glass protector and just give me a phone that's like you know all that shit's built into the phone so I don't have to fucking buy. $200 worth of accessories. To yeah, they have one. Protect it's my like phone. the Nokia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Old school Nokia. I mean, the dude. brick. Uh, things are indestructible. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I just, um, I wasn't 
overwhelmed, you know? I mean, there wasn't anything that was like, oh my God, I can't wait to get my hands on this, you know, when, you know, 10 years from now when the price actually drops to something I can afford, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, I did see some like exoskeleton type stuff that they were bringing out. And, you know, like you said, the AI stuff was, was big this year, but then that feels like that's kind you know, of been big like, every oh, year. Oh, I need a 95 inch TV. I don't have a 95 inch wall to put said <laughs> TV on, but, you know, cool for the folks that do i mean i guess i don't know i mean you know technically i haven't even upgraded my tvs to 4k yet i guess i'm living <laughs> you know in the stone age you know still rocking 1080p but you know or i did see something about a like drone-esque suitcase that would follow you around the airport <laughs> which that could be beneficial well, for dragon con you know i don't have to carry my fucking bags to the hotel room and just like have it follow behind me you know that would be uh beneficial yeah, but you and all the other thousands of people, you know, your fucking drones are going to be inter- intertwining. The, you know, the freaking drones will probably start reproducing, you know. <laughs> this is how we get Skynet. <laughs> Somebody will be throwing chairs off the balcony, taking out the drones. I mean. The damn rolling suitcases become self-aware and try to kill us all. <laughs> kind of like it's that whole movie, uh, Maximum Overdrive. The, the, the rolling suitcases can't roll because we've got too many fucking scooters littered all over the sidewalks now. Holy shit, if you haven't been to Atlanta recently. like, <laughs> oh. Speaking of scooters, you see Harley's wanting to make an electric bike? I, no, they should stick to what they do best. Yeah, they're, they've, they're, they've got like two models that they're... That they're like a, a cheaper electric scooter as Carly. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Harleys aren't supposed to be, you know, economical and and green. <laughs> That's not what you buy a Harley for. You buy a Harley to like be loud and you're freaking you know, awesome and stuff. The days of the outlaw are over, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, you're talking about drones. They do have the selfie drone. There you go. Oh god. You know, you can the next your, evolution of selfie stick. Your your narcissism. Yeah. But then again, I could have one fly around the studio here and we could start doing YouTube shows. <laughs> I don't really think people would give two fucks because me personally, I'd be like, I'm the host and I'm not really giving two fucks. So <laughs> Look at these ugly bastards. Why do we want to see a live version of this? <laughs> I mean, you know, then we're going to have to, you know, I don't know. You're going to open all kinds of doorways because there's only, you know, two things that, you know, really drive folks. And that's sex and money. We get us some strippers just to hang out and <laughs> just to get clicks. Hashtag clickbait. All right. Great. I'll start, you know. Cigar nerds now accepting, you know, applications <laughs> for... God, are, are we going to even try to be gender neutral? I mean, you know, this is such a, you know, crazy time. I mean, are we going to limit it to just females and be, you know, bigotous sexists? I mean, what what the fuck? I mean, we have both. <laughs> All right, I guess now taking, you know, male and female. What about the trans? Let's start doing the shirt, the show topless. Okay, we're going to start taking, you know, Bring everything from show. A to Z strippers. So, you know. Joe, if you want to give out your personal email, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not filtering through the cigar nerds. Uh, you want unsolicited dick pics? Because we just solicited dick pics. Uh, All right, up next, uh, you know, let's talk about DC. Haven't talked about DC for a little while, so uh, Penguin will be uh, the Batman villain in the movie, The Batman. Then we still don't know 
who our Batman is. Because <laughs> every other day it's like, ah, Alex quit. <laughs> so we never can tell who. Yeah. <laughs> we so, know who our villain is. We don't know who our hero is going to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know that that's set in stone, honestly. You know. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? It'll be Cobblepot. Always a fan of the Penguin. That was one of the cool things in uh, uh, the Arrowverse crossover this this season when they went to Gotham and ended up in Arkham Asylum. They're like walking down the hall and you're seeing like the name tags on doors and it's like Cobblepot and Enigma and like all these great Batman villains and shit. But it was just a cool little little small thing they threw in there. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, so I know you're tired of signing up for streaming services, paying for streaming services. Uh, I don't remember the name of the software, but there's actually some software now that streaming services are probably going to start jumping on board that will be able to tell if people are using simultaneous logins and sharing account information. So that's probably going to come to a halt. So um, Amazon has launched a free IMDb streaming service called Freedive. Um, This is ad-supported, so you will have to put up with ads um you know and it's it is an amazon subsidiary um but basically you know you'll need to have an imdb account a little bit of patience deal with the ads at various intervals (laughs) during the video and sounds similar to like the sony crackle where it's it's a free thing but you they got like a limited supply of stuff up there and it's like ad supported that's where i watched that latest Travis Pastrana, whatever action heroes yeah. movies was was up there, but yeah, that's a, another free. Don't mind about free streaming apps. I'll even sit through a couple advertisement here and there. I just don't want to spend another twenty dollars a month on a. Yeah, I'm already gonna have to sign up for fucking Disney shit when it comes out, so I can watch all the new Star Wars stuff. Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is supposed to you know have a combination of uh, you know Hollywood movies, popular TV shows. I'm not sure. You know, it, what the actual library looks like, you know, the only thing that's referenced here is Fringe and Heroes and Memento and Gattaca. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing that I will watch yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. But, you know, it, apparently it will enhance the viewing experience with its X-ray feature will take advantage of IMDb's massive amount of movie data to provide information to the content being watched, such as cast, crew, and trivia. <laughs> so, you know, for, you know, get your little extra geek on. And yeah, because you know, there's always, like, you see somebody and you're like, who the fuck is that guy? And you gotta, like, look it up. Oh, yeah, he was also in this. Now they're just kind of streamlining that... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that experience. So if you want to check out Free Dive, um, you will need to have a... One, you'll need to be in the United States. You'll need a web browser on a laptop or desktop computer, but it'll also work on Amazon Fire TV devices. So mm-hmm. that's it for news. Any other tidbits, information you got, sir, that you want to share with the fine folks listening at home? Uh, well, I was supposed to do a written cigar review for the Dragon Con Cigar Group that I've not done yet because, like I said, I had a tooth pulled and I'm kind of behind on things. So You were medicated. There's yeah. no excuse. That would have been the best <laughs> review ever. So that will happen. Before I, I told him I'd do it in January. I didn't say when in January. So, yes, that, that will happen as soon as I have time to sit down and, and smoke some things and write some things. Uh, and with that, 
Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network, which that website has changed. It's no longer ESOPodcast.com. It is now ESONetwork.com, I believe is the correct address. <laughs> it, it keeps changing, and I, I forgot what it was. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's ESONetwork.com. Just Google that shit. You can find it. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. You can pick up uh, your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. They've got a whole bunch of new stuff up there, including the Cigar Nerd smoking shirts. We've got strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And with that, you've got the touch. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Geek.